0: This This. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike
1: Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. How are you doing, Mike?
0: I'm doing great. uh, I was figuring out what exactly I was going to do while in Cincinnati for the game this week and uh cool cool ideas cool cool stuff out there you know i uh, haven't been to a lot of places
1: yeah there's a lot to do in cincinnati the good news is for the game it's going to be absolutely i would say beautiful for november 5th in the 60s i'll take it every day of the week and i think the whole entire weekend is actually going to be okay so
0: it'll be more like 50s during kickoff right
1: it'll be a little chilly then but tailgate most of the day it's going to feel great because everyone's going to be dressed for November, the fall weather. It's going to be, um, it should be a good game. I'll take any game that it doesn't rain. Um And it's, yeah. It's November, Uh, but kind of just going on to this game right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. Trey Hendrickson returned to practice. Um, They were pretty much going to manage his injury all week, but he returned. And, um, you know, most of the players, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. was dealing with a groin injury. He was back at practice today. Um, Any thoughts kind of going into this matchup right now? And Josh Allen went full go-to for the Buffalo Bills.
0: None of those are surprising, I feel like. Yeah, Those those were all, we expected all those guys to play. I guess Trey was the only one that had a slight bit of, was it just adrenaline and, you know, like playing on it before it swelled up type of thing that he was able to finish the game so strong? Or was it that it wasn't a serious enough injury for him to miss like a, a game or multiple games? Uh, it felt more like the latter, but I guess you always have to be a little bit concerned about, Sometimes after you play, the thing just swells up and you can't do anything about it. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't think any of those were that surprising for the game itself. I mean, is it worth mentioning the Bills keep signing people?
1: Yeah, I I see what they're doing. But at the same time, I don't know how many of those guys are going to be going on Sunday Night Football. We'll see. Um, you know, if there's anybody who's out there or what the difference maker is, but you know, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, your expectations are pretty high as same for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is a game that I'm sure that they don't want to remember when they think about the divisional playoff game. I'm not even talking about the Monday night football game that happened in Cincinnati, but the last game, these two teams played against each other. I would have a bad taste in my mouth if I was the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but for me, I'm, I mean, maybe, maybe they would be difference makers, but I just, I think maybe more for the longer for the longer portion of their season more than this game.
0: Yeah, um Russell Douglas might be the only one that was like that guy might I mean, who knows? I don't think anybody else they've signed is going to even play. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, but I don't see it. Uh that one he might play. I do wonder about like he just can you just throw a corner? basically off the street and have it be better than what you're currently using. I guess Josh Norman came off the street and was playing. So maybe it is not that different from Josh Norman, except a better player. So that'll be interesting to see if he plays because they could use the corner help, especially in this game. Um, Linval Joseph and Leonard Fournette. I expect that to be a next week type of thing. Also, I did hear from a bills guy not that it's definitively like this is what's happening but because of the damian harris injury they had to elevate their practice squad running back up as like the third running back on game day and that might be lenny either as the practice squad guy or as the third running back that doesn't really see any time he's just kind of there in case somebody gets hurt um no idea but honestly he probably doesn't matter for this game either way uh any other
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, when I think about this game or kind of the matchup, and obviously we'll give our prediction later on in this podcast, but I would just say overall I feel like it could be kind of a fun shootout um with with both both offenses, yeah. to be completely honest with so you. So you don't believe in Lou? I believe in Lou and I believe the defense to stop him when it matters, but I just think it, it could be I if you're the if you're the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen's gonna have to go off. He he really is gonna have he's, to go off this game.
0: Have you known he's protected the ball lately? He threw those four picks week one and he's thrown three or I think he's only thrown three since then. And it's been Mm -hmm. what six, six weeks. So I think some people see him as like a big turnover guy. And then you look at the interceptions and you probably see confirmation bias of like, yeah, he throws a lot of picks, but four of those came week one and he hasn't done much since I hope he throws a lot (laughs) this week, of course, especially with me in attendance. I'd love to see that. But, um, I'm not expecting it. I think, I think he might take care of the ball a little bit. I, I, I'm very – I think it's the number one matchup is what Lou does to the Bills offense because they've got to be ready for some of that stuff the Bengals did in the first matchup, the uh, exchange pressure creeper stuff where Mike Hilton was coming from 100 miles away and they never saw it coming. He had three pressures, two quarterback hits, and other big plays in that game. Almost feel like you have to have a Mike a, a twenty one check, or you just like where's Hilton? Where okay, just
1: like that snow game when he came out. <laughs> That's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, the, the snow game is why I think I would just if I was the Bills, I'd have a twenty one check. Like where is he? Okay, you have watch to. watch that guy.
1: You see, you see his PFF upgrade right now. Mike Hilton is back and um and and better than ever. So I'm here for it. He's that all that'll be one of my favorite hits from that Buffalo Bills game is when Mike Hilton got after Josh Allen. Almost um, a fumble oh man that was beautiful but kind of just going up to the trenches when you think about it this d-line look trey hendrickson he's a tough guy he was dealing with a wrist injury the last two times that he played the buffalo bills mm-hmm. and i think it's it's the pressure's out there they're getting to the quarterback but what do you think that matchup versus the buffalo bills offensive line is going to look like
0: i mean he'll almost exclusively go against Dion dawkins he got the better of him in the first matchup i think especially when they would run like drop eight you know three-man rushes he was still beating Dawkins before the help could get to him and getting to Allen. Um, I think Dawkins has a pretty good left tackle too. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this means like, oh, that guy's a bum and Trey is just going to destroy him again. But something about that matchup in the last game did not go the bills way. Maybe it's just uh, those things happen where it's just, you know, um, a small sample size, uh, you know, we're, we're talking one game and I did not, go back and rewatch the snaps of the other game that was cut short. Uh, So I don't know how he was doing in that one, but that was only one drive. So we haven't seen it a ton. If he can continue that, the Bills are in a little bit of trouble. If he can't, then we'll see what the adjustment would be from the Bengals' side. But he's on a heater, so I kind of am expecting him to at least slightly win this matchup, if not take it to levels that he did in the last one.
1: Another thing you want to watch out for is I feel like Gabe Davis has really kind of stepped up for them in the wide receiver room. You have Stephon Diggs out there. And then you also think of they're utilizing Dalton Kincaid. I think a lot of fans were – you know, when Knox went down with the injury, they thought, okay, well let's see what we got in Dalton Kincaid because they utilize the tight end position. One of the things the Bengals have struggled with when they're facing a tight end, not named Travis Kelsey is trying to cover a tight end. How do you think they're going to utilize Dalton Kincaid and just how Gabe Davis has really stepped up over the last few games?
0: I was also going to just real quick say, um, sorry, (laughs) uh, just something in my mouth. Um, but, uh, I was going to say that their offensive line is playing better. Uh, that's worth noting because the offensive line overall was really bad in that last matchup, whether yeah. it was against DJ reader, BJ Hill, Sam Hubbard, etc., the right tackles the same. Uh, that's going to face Sam Hubbard, but he's playing better. He was a young guy, Spencer Brown. The interior is pretty different. Mitch Morse is the center. He's, he's good center. That's actually who I comp Tyler Linderbaum to coming out. <laughs> I think Linderbaum's actually already might be better, but I was trying to keep it a little conservative. He's athletic. He's not a great one-on-one pass protector type, but he's a useful and unique type of player. The guards are both playing better than the guards they had last year. They've got Connor McGovern at left guard who's having a career season and Osiris Torrance who's a rookie who Bill's guys say is playing pretty good, and I trust them. I have not watched Mm yet. So I want to say that their offensive line is playing better, and I think that does have an effect on this because it's not all scheming of why the Bengals were so good against them in the divisional round it's a little bit of their fronts got their butts kicked on both ends. So whenever you lose both sides of the trench battle, it's hard to win football games. And now the Bengals have a little bit tougher of a task, I would say, to dominating the trenches on the defensive side in this game. Um, When it comes to Gabe Davis and like Dalton Kincaid, I'm not overly concerned about Gabe Davis. I mean, he's so much, he's a deep threat. He's a guy that wins kind of like big catches down the field to me. And I think he's fine. I think he's useful. And the Bengals haven't killed by that before. Maybe I should be more concerned because it is kind of Marquez Valdez Scantling, but he doesn't have the speed of Scantling. He's more of like a big target that works down the field. Diggs, very worried. No idea how they'll handle it. I assume he'll just get his and you just live with that a little bit. Kincaid is interesting though, because they did not, just try to get a Dax Hill on George Kittle matchup in the last game. They played a lot of zone. So these weren't like man coverage snaps that we were really talking about, but Kittle, you know, he had a great game against them. And I don't think you want Kincaid to have a similar type of game. Um, How do you go about it? And I wonder like what the plan will be because the one big, big glaring difference between Dalton Kincaid and George Kittle is Dalton Kincaid can't really block. And George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Yeah. So does that change the matchup? Like, did they want linebackers and Nick Scott as a bigger as bigger guys to deal with Kittle, or did they just do that because that's how they're going to play defense and try to confuse the quarterback and all these disguises and zone coverage and whatnot? Now, they're going to play a lot of zone no matter what. I mean, everybody in the NFL mostly plays zone coverage. The Browns might be the only team that's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. But do you get more Dax Hill? Do you even get some Mike Hilton snaps in there? I mean, I don't know about the size matchup there, but I do think of, well, if he tries to block Hilton, I think Hilton holds his own. <laughs> and that's probably also true with Dax Hill. I, just, I don't see him as a guy that's going to really make them pay if they want to use lighter bodies to cover him.
1: When it comes to their run game. What are you thinking about that for this Cincinnati Bengals defense, which I would say a little surprisingly felt like they did okay against Christian McCaffrey in the last matchup. And obviously I'm not comparing their running backs to what Christian McCaffrey is.
0: I think they did more than okay against Christian McCaffrey. You had a couple, what, like one big play in the touchdown? And so 29% success rate for him in that game. That's gotta be one of his lowest of the season. Maybe the Browns game was just as bad or worse. I haven't really looked, but he didn't do much in that game. I guess he wasn't that good against the Vikings. So the run games just hasn't been great lately, but the Bengals kept that going and that's a really tough run offense to handle like that. With that in consideration, I thought they also played pretty well against the Seahawks run game At least Mm -hmm. the starters did. I think when the backups came in, the Seahawks were able to move them around a little bit, but the starters did a good job against that too. So when I'm looking at the Bills run game, that would be really disappointing to then not be able to stop the Bills run game. It is completely different though, because I think those two teams want to be a little heavier when they run and the Bills are going to want to be spread out this whole game. I think they were dabbling in some 12, two tight end looks early in the year, but with Knox down, Not so much anymore. They're kind of more Bengals-like. with uh, They have a tight end that isn't great at blocking. And uh, they're going to spread them out and try to run into light boxes. So it's going to be up to the the big guys up front, really, to hold their own. And like I said, it is an improved Bills offensive line, mostly in pass protection. But they have to stop the Bills run game because I don't think it's as important as it was for the 49ers in obvious reasons for that. But the Bills – you know, you have to also stop them when they're off schedule. That's not just a team. You put them off schedule and you'll do good. Like the, the 49ers are to me. This is a team that's like you put them off schedule and Josh Allen might go do some Superman thing and still pick it up. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's more important that they handle the passing game. And even if they give some stuff up in the run game, it is what it is. They do that to Kansas City sometimes where Kansas City can run the ball on them, but they just – they don't commit to it. They're not going to run – 30 times in a game against the Bengals. The Bengals know that. So they kind of give a little bit of that up so that they can devote more resources to pass coverage.
1: Yeah, we'll flip sides right now. And you look at Joe Burrow, this offensive line, which I felt like the offensive line did a good job against the 49ers. When you think of this D line versus the Bengals offensive line, how do you like that matchup?
0: I mean, the Bengals offensive line last year handled them, and they were a much, much worse offensive line then because it was starting three backups in Hakima Adanji, Jackson Carmen, and Max Sharping. Two of those guys are backups on the team now, and one of them is in Minnesota. So they I'm on paper, they're a better unit. I still think on paper this bill's defensive line could give them some issues. It just hasn't happened in the two games, well, in the game and a quarter that were played. So, I feel like I should be cautiously optimistic about it. Like they've shown that they can handle this group. I know Von Miller is back, but it feels like a lot of people are saying, yeah, he's not there yet. You know, he's an older guy off that injury. I don't think that he's going to be there just yet. Maybe this is the week he just turns it on. But, you know, that's also a gamble I probably wouldn't make. I I don't know. (laughs) When's he going to you know, get better? I, I don't know injuries are weird especially for older players so i think ed oliver is a good player he's playing good right now um he didn't do too much in the last matchup but we'll see maybe he does in this one i do think there was a little bit more quick game screen stuff in the last matchup and obviously the snow played an effect i think that does affect pass rushers more than it affects the offensive line but at the same time the bengals pass rushers were perfectly fine in this game let's not act like this is going to be that, that was some huge defining thing. I think it just gave him a slight advantage. And the Bills on paper had the advantage in the first place. Uh, Cautiously optimistic. That's how I would describe myself about this Bengals O-line versus the Bills D-line.
1: All right, let's get down to it though. You think the wide receiver room right now. They're waiting another week for Charlie Jones and I'm really excited for him to return to special teams, but we don't need to talk about special teams right now. Let's focus on the Bengals wide receivers versus their secondary. We obviously talked about their new addition this week and and he could probably be the Look, I could be wrong. All the players they sign could end up showing up and being like, you know what, Sunday Night Football, we need you. We're going all out. All the new additions on the Buffalo Bills are going to play. But for me personally, when I think about the secondary against the Bengals wide receivers, I like the Bengals wide receivers in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I do in most matchups, and this one's no different. I mean, they're down their best guy on paper in Trey White, and I'm just not overly concerned about anybody they have, I think. Russell Douglas, he might be the best of the group and he might not play. I, I don't know. The safeties are, are good, but the linebackers, since Matt Milano's been hurt, taking us from the Cover One Bills podcast that I went on uh, yesterday it feels like they don't trust those linebackers that are, or the line, the they're platooning two guys in Milano's place and they don't really trust them too much. So they've been dropping Jordan Poyer, I believe down into there and then going three safety. I, I don't know. I, the safeties are good, but they're not as good as deep safeties. When Poyer's down low and Taylor wraps back there, I feel like that's a guy that you can go after at least a little bit or not be overly concerned about him taking stuff away we'll see I think Sean McDermott he's he's a good defensive mind and we saw it in the the Dolphins game I mean he's one of the only people that really stopped that Dolphins offense or at least slow him down so he might have a good game plan for this Bengals game it's not Leslie Frazier like it was in the last matchup I think that's worth noting that the Bills defense will probably at least Mm -hmm. be schematically a little bit different than they were in the first matchup but yes I like the Bengals wide receivers in this matchup over the Bills defensive backs
1: if you were to pick a wide receiver from the Bengals that would go off in this game, who's it going to be?
0: Uh, Jamar Chase is just such the easy option. Oh, easy.
1: So easy to go Jamar Chase. It really is. I feel yeah. like we need a T game. Like, we need a T game at some point.
0: I think so too. I don't know if he's 100% healthy just yet, but I do think this could be a game he does some damage because the middle of the field stuff might be there for him if they try to keep both safeties back. And then him against like a zone coverage with both linebackers in the middle of the field, I think he can get open there, especially because they don't have Milano.
1: Joe Mixon looked so fun last week. It was kind of a homecoming game for him when he was facing the San Francisco 49ers, having his family in attendance for the California game. The offensive line definitely stepped up. What do you expect from the Bengals run game in this one?
0: I was very surprised in the last matchup at how good the run game was. I mean, they were – dominant i think it was like a 60 percent success rate for them and like that's up there like <laughs> passing games and stuff so yeah, yeah. like you could do it real well uh I, I i'm expecting them to keep them on schedule i don't think the bills are gonna stifle the Bengals' run game but i also don't think the Bengals' run game would be why they win this game whereas in the last game it kind of did feel that way like the Bengals' run game was probably just as if not more important than their pass game and how they were able to win, especially later in the game, and they're able to run some clock out that way. We'll see. I was very surprised at how well they ran the ball in the last game, but um, I'm not expecting the Bills to shut them out in the run game, but also I I want to be a little bit cautious with that's probably not going to be as good as it was in the divisional round.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll get to our prediction later. and We have a special guest coming up too, but now we'll get to some of your Twitter questions. Thank you for sending them. You can follow Bengals underscore Sands, me at Ellen D.S. Patterson. We'll get to our first one. What is the most surprising and disappointing thing about this season and roster so far?
0: Um, I think the most disappointing could be our guy Irv at tight end more for you than me, I think, but.
1: Ooh, even, yeah. I,
0: even I am disappointed too. I was like, oh, he should be able to do Hayden Hurst type numbers. Oh, no, no, he should not. You uh, should
1: drag me for my tweets about that he was going to be a better addition or the best addition in the tight end room since Joe Burrow was drafted here. I mean, absolutely drag me for that because I'm, I've am i been completely wrong about and, Hurst.
0: And I need Joseph Osai to do something else. He was my breakout player and he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done much of anything yet. So I'd like to see him have a good – game or two that you could start pointing to as like okay yeah he is that guy
1: yeah no I it's pretty easy to kind of go with the same players when you think about the production mm-hmm. because we're starting to see it from a lot of the players on the roster I mean the way Joe Burrow's been playing in the last few games and I know a lot of people you look at the Seattle game the first two drives they were getting something going but Seattle's kind of proving that they're one of the top teams in the NFC right now and yeah, they especially
0: have- defensively
1: yeah, their defense is legit. That matchup versus the Baltimore Ravens should be a good one this weekend, but I think that just kind of proves that that's a, a legit defense, a young defense, and they did a really good job against the Cincinnati Bengals in the second half. But, yeah, it's Irv. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Tanner Hudson takes some of his reps. I'm not really expecting much in that game, but do you see a, dis- a difference maker with Tanner out there if if they don't give it to Irv? No. Yeah.
0: I think you're hoping for competency, not a difference maker.
1: Yeah, at this point. I mean, they, they feel good with the guys they have in the room, but, again, they don't utilize the tight end position as much as social media wants. The yeah, players. but you
0: have to be able to, when you are utilized, like
1: – Oh, be believe open. me. Yeah. You've got it. you can't fumble the ball in the red yeah, you zone.
0: Can't, you've added no points. You can't start losing points. <laughs>
1: i mean that couldn't have happened to the worst player on the team it could have had like jamar and jamar did i mean he lost the ball a couple of times or even if t higgins would have done it I'd be like yeah you know what he's gonna be fine he's gonna bounce back but for it to happen to irv smith it's like i don't know and joe has to trust you even though joe did go back to him in the second half mm-hmm. i don't know if that's going to be joe's favorite target he even said that andre um definitely stepped up and he's gaining his trust and I think that's a guy they could end up utilizing a little more, maybe still in the red zone situation. I know he doesn't have a ton of reps out there, but when Joe believes in you, I truly believe he can make the call and say, yeah, this guy should be out there more.
0: Does a great job out of structure to get open after the play breaks down. I haven't seen a ton of him uh, winning in structure, but he's also mostly in the red zone. So take that for what you will. He's just not mm-hmm. as much room. So he's shown the ability to get open there. I think that's nice. Uh, i bullish on the future of a guy that can score two touchdowns as a six-round rookie
1: he has this does he have the same amount of touchdowns as T Higgins right now
0: yeah I think so
1: that is so wild to me but T has been injured and I still feel yeah. like he's he's kind of dealing with that right now he did step up huge in that game and had some major catches too in the in the last game so hopefully T is on the mend and he keeps getting healthy because obviously he's a huge addition in the wide receiver room we'll go ahead and go to the next question over there on the Twitter world Why is T. Boyd being featured more than T. Higgins?
0: I mean, some of this is just, you know, the quarterback and how the defense plays and reading it out. And the other part of this is T. was hurt. I he got, when did he get hurt?
1: It was a Titans game, October 1st.
0: Okay. So he was hurt for an entire month as well. I think those are the two things you can look at as why Tyler Boyd's having more production so far this year. Do you think it holds true that tyler boyd will have more production end of the year than t higgins no me either yeah so i mean i think it's just really injury related and small sample size at the start
1: and i like them utilizing tyler boyd Mm -hmm. to be completely honest with you he stepped up big time in the last few games with some major catches so i'm okay with it yeah get t healthy right now and you know what the the Extra week that T keeps getting that he has no setbacks with his rib injury is great news because like you mentioned, it's been a month and, um, you know, get two more weeks in, you'll be at the six week period and as long as there's no setbacks. You you. I don't know if it's something that T's going to be playing with the rest of the season, but he hopefully is feeling better after every week for the rib injury. But uh, next we're going to talk with the Buffalo Bills expert on it's always game day in Cincinnati. We are back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Huge matchup, two of the top teams in the AFC. We had to go over to Buffalo get one of the experts there, Sal Capaccio. Always game day in Buffalo. Sal, how you doing?
2: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Great to talk to you guys.
1: Good to talk to you. It seems like the Buffalo Bills front office has been pretty busy this week, adding a few additions. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, three new additions, one via trade, two via free agency. So uh, let's start with the trade. Rasul Douglas comes over from the Green Bay Packers. You know, I think it's interesting that the Bills and the Jaguars were the only two AFC teams to actually make an acquisition at the trade deadline. I think it just shows you how tough it is to actually make a trade in the NFL, right? And find find the right partner. I don't think that means that Cincinnati or Kansas City or Miami weren't trying or Baltimore. It just means that it's tough to make a deal. The Bills made one. Bring over Rasul Douglas, which is really going to help stabilize the secondary after they lost Tredavious White early in the season. And, you know, Kyer Elam hasn't been able to really stick on the field. Now he's on IR as well. A really good player. He's actually tied for the third most interceptions in the league over the last three years with 10 of them. Uh, so that's a really nice player for them to get. And then free agency-wise, they've uh, they've dipped into the veteran pool, basically. Uh, Leonard Fournette comes as a running back on the practice squad, to kind of stabilized that after the loss of Damian Harris a few weeks ago to a neck injury. It's a guy they've really had their eye on and been talking with for quite a while. He's a good pass blocker. He's good out of the backfield. Believe it or not, he's only 28 years old. When you guys think Leonard Fournette's like way older than 28,
1: 100.
2: Yeah, he's only 28 years old. With a lot of tread on those tires, but he's got a lot of experience. Catches the ball well out of the backfield. And then just today, Linval Joseph, a uh, veteran in the league. He, now, this is a guy who is 35 years old, uh, but he went to Philly last year, right around the same time, and was a part of that great D line that helped him get to the Super Bowl. So Daquan Jones has been is injured. He's out. The Bills have had some major injuries on defense. So I think um, Limbaugh Joseph coming in is going to really help that defensive line, you know, maybe not replace Daquan Jones, but at least, you know, allow it to be a little bit more functional in how they want to run it.
0: So do you think, oh, I was just saying, on, do you think any of these guys play this week, or do you think they're more like stashing for next week after they get more into the offense or defense service head they're on?
2: No, Mike, it's the, it's the million dollar question. We're wondering in Buffalo, I will tell you, the bills have not shut the door on it. I do think that, Rasul Douglas will suit up because if you look at the numbers, they only have two boundary corners in the active roster other than him, Christian Benford and Dane Jackson, the two starters. So, I mean, Russell Douglas could wind up being a starter, but now right now Kyrie limbs, like I said, is on, is on IR. So the only options you have are him. And then you can dip into the practice squad, elevate Josh Norman, a guy they signed just a few weeks ago, who's yeah. older as well. And Jamarcus Ingram and against this group, Cincinnati Bengals, as you guys know better than anybody, You know you're going to have to have all hands on deck. So I do think that Russell Douglas could play this weekend. I do think Linval Joseph could play this weekend. You know that's a position a defensive tackle where you could put him on the field, and as long as you don't have a tons of stunts and things he's not familiar with, it's a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's a veteran. He's seen every system. Tell him, hey, just go tie up this gap, go penetrate, whatever. I think he can do that as well. I don't know about Leonard Fournette. I think that's a stretch. Running back, you could do some things, but I think you'd be limiting really his snap count, and then you have to weigh, is that worth using the roster spot for an elevation because he's a practice squad guy right now.
1: When you think of this matchup right now, you were talking about the secondary, and you think about these Bengals wide receivers and T. Higgins, who's kind of been battling that rib injury, but he's been active ever since the Tennessee Titans game, missing only one game, additional game after that. Jamar Chase has definitely stepped up as the number one receiver, no surprise there. They have the rookie and Andre Yossibosh. Uh, What do you think about this matchup overall with the Bills secondary?
2: Well, I I just think it's a tough matchup for any secondary against this group when they're fully healthy, especially when Joe Burrow's fully healthy, right? I mean, the Bengals have what every team kind of dreams of, which is three legitimate wide receivers to be able to throw on the field at any time. They love using them all, and then, of course, they have a really good running back in Joe Mixon. But it's going to be a tough challenge for the Bills. The Bills obviously would love to have Tredavious White for this game. Uh, They don't have him. Last year when they played the Bengals, they didn't have Micah Hyde for the regular season game. Or the playoff game, they just have never been able to be fully healthy. Of course, the Bills are missing their all-pro linebacker Matt Milano in a game like this, which really winds up hurting them, I think, too, because of those second-level throws, you know, that Joe Burrow will um, will make to those guys. So, I, I do think though that you know the Bills' secondary is still a good secondary, and now they have Hyde and Poyer together again, and they're very good at disguising coverages. They're very good at you know playing off one another. The Bills are very good at keeping things in front of them, and they don't get beat with a lot of big plays. I know the Bengals haven't had a lot of explosive plays. A lot of that has to do with, you know, Burroughs injury, as you guys know. But um, I think at least that's going to be the game they're going to play. Hey, we'll, we'll keep everything in front. We'll give you your catches, and then we're going to have to make the tackles on you to, you know, try and keep this, you know, so you don't get it doesn't get away from us too quickly.
0: Do you think with the addition of Taylor Rapp and the injury to Matt Milano, there's going to be more three-safety stuff thrown at the Bengals than there might be if Milano played?
2: Yeah, so it's really interesting, Mike, is the Bills unveiled kind of a new wrinkle last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a short week on Thursday night. So, Dorian Williams is a rookie linebacker who's been filling in for Matt Milano. They really like Dorian Williams. He's going to be a good player. Plays super fast, plays like his hair is on fire. He's super physical. But, you know, he's a rookie, and the game hasn't slowed down enough for him yet. So, he's kind of over-pursues sometimes, misses some tackles. The other guy is Tyrell Dotson. They'll put him there. And Tyrell Dotson is a, a fine linebacker. He's just not quite the athlete. You could take advantage of him in the passing game. What they did last week... They did exactly what you said. They put Taylor Rapp on the field as a third safety dime defensive back. But the wrinkle was they took Tyrell Dodson as Will Linebacker off the field and moved Jordan Poyer to actually playing Will Linebacker in in passing down. So even though it's a safety, Jordan Poyer he wasn't really playing safety. He was playing more of a dime big linebacker. And I think that could be something we see again this week will be really interesting.
1: Dalton Kincaid uh, getting his second start, obviously after the Knox injury, and I think a lot of Bengals fans in the draft they wanted Dalton Kincaid. There was a big uh, tight end party over in Cincinnati because they thought they were going to get a tight end. What do you think about Dalton Kincaid already in in his short uh, rookie year so far?
2: He's going to be special. He really is. I think you know Bills fans have been kind of waiting for the Dalton Kincaid breakout game. I think we got that last week against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He scored his first NFL touchdown, um, five catches, sixty-five yards. Uh, The week before that, eight catches, 75 yards. You could say, really, the the game came even before that against the uh, New England Patriots. But the last two weeks, he's been terrific for the Bills. I think he's going to have a really great future in this league. And, you know, unfortunately, it's come at the expense of Dawson Knox as well. The Bills really like Dawson Knox. He's a very good player. But with Dawson Knox's injury, you won't see him against the Bengals because he's on IR. With his wrist injury, that's kind of forced the Bills a little bit to be more of an 11 personnel team when they want to run a lot of 12. I think and a lot of people in Buffalo think they're actually better in 11 personnel. And Dawson Knox is really more of a quasi big slot receiver than he is a tight end. He's a tough matchup. Um, so the the whoever's going to defend him for the Bengals, however they want to play it, their slot corner, a linebacker, he's going to have some sort of matchup with, um, advantage, whether that's size or that's speed. But the other thing is he is so good. His hands are so good. And he's really good run after catch. I think we're going to see more and more Dalton Kincaid here
0: is uh, so Khalil Shakir, he had a pretty good game against the Buccaneers. Is that 11 personnel related because it's normally just Diggs, Gabe Davis, and he gets in there and he just steps up as kind of, you know, Knox, not, you know, Kincaid is the Knox replacement, but when you are 12 and you move to 11, it almost feels like Shakir being inserted because they dropped a tight end in there. Do you think he's going to play a lot in this game or was that just a short week? He knows the offense type thing.
2: No, I agree. I I think that really... Kincaid was playing a lot anyway. He just is forced a little bit more mm-hmm. into a, even a heavier role without Dawson Knox there. But really, it is Khalil Shakir who was the beneficiary. He, his snap count went way up. You know, the Bills like Sh- Khalil Shakir. He had a very inconsistent preseason and training camp. A lot of fans are wondering, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to move on from this guy? Like he 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 was trouble catching the ball. Not the case, though. The regular season, I think, I think last week he had as many catches as he did all of last season, <laughs> this rookie year. And, you know, this is exactly what the Bills wanted from him. The other guy, and I don't know why it hasn't materialized, but every time he's gets a ball thrown his way, he makes something happen. That's Deontay Hardy, who's small, but he's a really good slot receiver. He's a return man. And at some point, I think Deontay Hardy is going to get more involved here, especially if they stay more 11. But, yeah, to answer your question, Mike, I think Khalil Shakir, you should see more of him. The Bills will stay more in 11 personnel, I think. I think that's how they want to play it, a little up-tempo. You know, and, and Josh Allen, for most of the year, but especially last week, you know, he hasn't been just – chucking the ball down the field. He's been taking what the defense gives him. He's been thrown underneath. Who would have thought Josh Allen would lead the NFL halfway through the season in completion percentage?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of Bengals fans, they want Joe Burrow to get that back, to be completely honest with you when it comes to the completion percentage. But we were talking about Josh Allen. Outside of that first game against the Jets, Mm -hmm. he's really taking care of the ball. And that's a huge thing for them offensively.
2: Yeah, he has. And you know he's had some interceptions since then. But really, Josh's interceptions have mostly come from what Josh does trying to do a little too much. Right. And I always say like, I'll live with those. You never want to take that away from Josh Allen. It's the Same thing with Patrick Mahomes into a degree, Joe Burrow, which is these guys are just, they're going to make throws sometimes that no one else on earth can make. So, you know what? Those things are going to result in touchdowns and big plays. In the meantime, you know, you're going to have to live with maybe those throws resulting in going to the other team. And he's done that a few times, but since that first game, when he just, for some reason, just made bad decision after the bad decision, it seemed like on some throws, He's made really good decisions. He's kept things underneath. He's taken what the defense has given him. And he's had a really good year. Josh is actually playing at an MVP-type level. If you look at all the quarterbacks in the NFL, you could make an argument for some receivers, of course, like Tyree Kill. But I think you can make just as good of an argument right now for Josh Allen to be the NFL MVP.
0: Is there any concern whatsoever about Josh Allen having – he's not going to miss the game, but with the injury, is there any type of concern with that, just like uh, he might not be 100%?
2: Well, I think anytime you're dealing with a quarterback – in a right shoulder injury who throws right-handed, yeah. there's always going to be some concern, but like he's tough. This guy's built a little bit different. I think your listeners would probably be surprised to know that Josh Allen actually has the current longest active starting streak in the NFL for a quarterback. He's like 80 games straight. He hasn't missed a game in 80 games. He hasn't missed a start. It's pretty crazy um, because he's tough and he deals with things. He, he's a big guy, but concern wise, I don't think so. Let's remember he actually got hurt in the first half of that, um, game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He came back. He didn't make a series. He played the whole second half. He threw the ball. He ran the ball. So it's really more about maintenance right now and pain tolerance, I think for what he's going through. And he said, it's really more about a long-term plan to keep him, you know, upright and healthy for why he missed practice. I don't think there's any concern about him not being hundred percent. I think the playbook will be completely open to him.
0: Yeah. It just reminded me the elbow seemed to have an effect, but that's a more, you know, that felt a little bit more serious than the shoulder one. Yeah. And
2: yeah. Was. And I think, I hope I didn't say elbow. I, did, I hope I said shoulder. I did. You, say you elbow. did. I was thinking last I, year with the elbow. And I, and you know what? No. And this happened the other day. I was on our radio station, WGR Sports Radio 550. And I said elbow because I was thinking of <laughs> last year with the elbow. Right now, he has the shoulder injury. I don't think it's going to be compromising him at all for this game. He did have the elbow last year. Maybe it was still something he was dealing with in the, even in the playoffs when they played Cincinnati, not taking anything away. They won that game and deserved it. But um, certainly nothing that's been lingering from that either.
1: All right, let's get to the good part. Prediction time. Bills would say, hey, this is kind of a revenge game for them. Cincinnati Bengals say they're trying to get back on track now that Joe Burrow is almost 100% healthy with that calf injury, and they've uh, been looking pretty good in the last few games. What is going to happen for the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals? Sal, we're going to let you go first.
2: Well, I think it's going to be a one-score game, probably a field goal game, maybe even a one- or two-point game. I think it's just, this can go either way. Uh, it might come down to maybe one of the field goal kickers making a long kick or missing a kick. It might come down to one turnover. That's the Bengals do very well. They take the ball away, as we know. Um, red zone is going to be a key in this game if you look at the two teams and where they sit right now on uh, their red zone stats. So I, I think this could going to be a, a one-score game. Look, I mean, I'm on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. I'm here on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You want me to predict the Cincinnati Bengals to win? That's not going to happen. I'll say 24-23, Bills.
1: All right, Mike, you up.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of similar thoughts. And I like you said 24-23 because I do think people keep saying shootout. And part of my brain just when everybody says shootout, I almost mm-hmm. don't expect it. And, look, we're talking about a defense in the Bengals. They did a great job against Josh Allen. And I'm sure the Bills defense on the other side, they've been thinking about this game for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose Leslie Frazier. It's a little bit different with Sean McDermott calling plays. I think 24-23 is a good call.
2: Wrong team. I'm going to go Bengals I over. I love West. it. Hey, if we get 24 23. Either way, we'll both kind of stick our chest. That's right.
1: <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I like to go with 23 20 when it's an AFC matchup for some reason. Maybe it's the Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals score every single time they play each other. Uh, but I do. I think it's going to be a close game. Maybe a walk off field goal for the Cincinnati Bengals. I got to go. I got to go Bengals. I go Bengals every week right now. I'm 4 and 3 on the season. Um, not not the best record, but I'll take it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm i just happy to see Josh Allen's out there. Joe Burrow is out there. Two of the best quarterbacks in the AFC on primetime football. The energy should be great. And um, I'm really looking forward to the matchup. And, Sal, thanks yeah. for joining us.
2: Yeah, no problem. I'm looking forward to the good weather. Uh, you know, I'm the sideline reporter for the Bills Radio Network. So, obviously, with the storyline of DeMar Hamlin and being there last year and on the field, there's going to be a lot of things going on that night. Um, so, you know, we're obviously going to be talking about that a lot. It's going to be a, a great night to kind of, you know, celebrate the return of, you know, him being able to play again as as we have. That's great. But it was a great night that night weather wise. Should be a really nice night weather wise again this weekend, which I'm looking forward to.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Make sure you're following his podcast. Always game day in Buffalo. Have a safe travel sal. We'll see you in Cincinnati. All
2: right, you got it. Thank you very much.